Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. My name is Alex and it is February 14th, 2022, which means it is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day if you celebrate and nothing to you if you don't. But either way, don't worry. It is our Monday morning show, which means it is time for markets. It is time for big tech. It is time for startup news. Let's get into it. And we're going to start, as we always do, with a look around the world's markets. Kicking off over in Asia, stocks are down. According to kind of usual market commentary, the reasons are Ukraine, the crisis there, and oil, the price thereof and how high it is. Over in the EU, stocks are also down, and quite a lot, really. And the reasons are, well, the same, Ukraine and oil. However, here in the U.S., stocks are flat in early morning pre-market trading. But I'll just say that does tend to change by the time this comes out. So please take a look in case things have shifted around. But it was pretty stable this morning. On the other hand, in the worlds of crypto, well, despite a lot of advertising in yesterday's Super Bowl, most crypto prices are pretty flat in the last 24 hours. However, if you are a crypto trading exchange, you're probably having a good day. FTX, Coinbase, and eToro all shot higher on the world's app stores after they dropped Super Bowl advertisements. That's according to The Block. I'm, of course, curious to see if those downloads convert into use and therefore trading revenues, but we won't know that for quite some time. However, I will say Coinbase earnings for Q4 do drop on February 24th, so that's pretty close. We'll get a look at what happened in the consumer crypto market at least through the end of last year. Q1 data, not for a while. So what is going on with food delivery? Now, I live in the U.S., which means that I think about this through the lens of Uber Eats and DoorDash mostly, maybe a little GoPuff here and there. But if we take a look at Europe, things are a little bit more dicey. So to kick things off here, the value of Just Eat, a Dutch online food ordering company that bought American online food delivery company Grubhub, has fallen sharply in the last six months and is down sharply, I'll say, in the last couple of days. What's going on? Well, the company was created by a merger of Takeaway.com, a Dutch company, and Just Eat, a UK company, and it announced that it's going to delist from the NASDAQ about a week ago. All right, so fair enough. Why does that matter about now? Well, over the weekend, the CEO of the company, Jitsi Groen, said that the decision did not mean the company will sell Grubhub. So if investors wanted that, they're not going to get it. Instead, the choice was made to cut costs. Here's the thing. Cost cutting is never something you want to hear mentioned at a company that should be growing rapidly. It's bad news. However, let's not be unkind. It's not the only delivery company out there struggling. The value of Delivery Hero, a German food delivery company, lost about 30% of its value as last week closed after the company reported guidance for this year that investors did not like. And by did not like, I mean puked at. Meanwhile, the value of British Deliveroo has continued to fall, now down to just a couple of bucks per share, which is another enormous mess for the London Stock Exchange. The takeaway here is that delivery is incredibly hard. Now, we are going to get some U.S. results when DoorDash reports earnings in a couple of days, and we already have Uber Eats data. I, I might write kind of a consolidated piece about this for you, but delivery is just tough, and there may not be enough profit to go around, really, even on a kind of a consolidated basis for a lot of these companies. I wonder how many are going to actually survive as public concerns. And the other news from big tech land is that Cisco has made a more than $20 billion bid for Splunk, which of course lost its CEO last November after what the Wall Street Journal called a, quote, series of disappointing earnings reports, which is about as bad as a CEO can do. Gosh, that's brutal. Anyways, news of the offer broke late Friday, so we're just seeing the market reaction this morning, and it appears that Splunk shares are set to open just about up 9%. That pushes the value of the company closer to the $20 billion mark, which makes me think that Cisco might need to offer a little bit more to get the company. But more importantly, the fact that Cisco is willing to cut this check tells us quite a lot. So broadly, we can see that big deals are not dead from a regulatory risk perspective. 
companies are still willing to dive into mega deals. They're willing to spend the money for them. And the other side of that coin is that exit prices are not terrible, even if the Splunk price doesn't make us sit up and kind of stare in awe. So anyways, we might see some more big deals this year. Please, God, let's see it because otherwise we'll get bored. All right, so we have two bits of startup news for you this morning, starting off with Gaia. Gaia, spelled G-A-I-A, just put together a $20 million Series A led by London's Atomico. The company has also raised money from Kindred Capital, Seed Camp, and US-based Clock Tower Technology Ventures. Now, what does it do? Well, it works in the fertility space and is something akin to a payment plan and insurance product for IVF. Now, IVF is in vitro fertilization, which is a way that lots of people are having children as overall human fertility falls, and basically people wait to have kids longer. So what the company does is predicts your fertility chances and ensures you in the case that IVF fails. You pay monthly if you get a kid from the process and you have a lower cost if you don't. Here's the thing, everyone's using IVF. The issue is IVF is really expensive for most folks and it's also really hard. So people who need it aren't covered or can't afford it. And that means that it's just not accessible to many folks. I think that Gaia is actually tackling a growth market here and that's at once kind of sad that we need it, but also really cool that they're working on it. I, I have a lot of friends that could use this product, so to see it raise a $20 million Series A, not a surprise. Also in the news was Triple Dot. We just put together a nine-figure venture round. I had not heard of this company, so I sat up and went, huh? Who? What? Nine figures? Here's what's going on. I'm a gamer, and I'm a huge dweeb for PC games, so I'm actually behind on the casual mobile gaming world. That's where Triple Dot plays. Thankfully, our own Ingrid London has been keeping tabs on what's going on in the space. So Triple Dot is apparently the company that's behind a popular solitaire app and another game called Wudoku, which is kind of woodblocks meets Sudoku. Anyways, just raised 116 million at a $1.4 billion valuation led by 20VC, the firm started by Harry Stebbings, a podcaster turned VC. I've actually met Harry. He's lovely IRL. Other investors include Access Industries, Lightspeed Venture Partners, and Eldridge. The company raised a $78 million Series A last April, so this is a quick turnaround and another enormous check for the company. Uh, it's easy to forget just how big mobile gaming is or has become, but smartphones made gamers of the world, and they're willing to pay for gaming. So what does this mean for the metaverse? I don't know. I just wanted to say metaverse on the show at least once this morning. Yesterday in America, we had the Super Bowl which is essentially American football and everyone watches it. Something like a hundred million people. There's a big musical performance at halftime and there's about 68 billion advertisements. Now America has become so post-capitalism that people actually watch the game just to watch the ads to see which brand is the most creative, which yes is dystopic, but let's put that aside from now and talk about what we learned. Now I watched the big game with family yesterday. So I got my own little focus group for kind of what companies were pitching. Standout reactions included befuddlement at the Facebook metaverse ad generally positive remarks about electric vehicle ads, given that they now feel like a comfortable blend of cutting edge and mainstream, if you will. But it was the crypto advertising that surprised me the most in its total amount. I think the ads cost around six and a half million dollars this time. So we probably saw around $20 million worth of crypto ads by my account. And that's not including promotions tied to those advertisements. That's a lot of money for either demand gen or market positioning. Now, again, we'll learn more with Coinbase earnings, but I'm frankly kind of shocked at the spend. Then, of course, the Super Bowl was at the SoFi Stadium, so perhaps I should just expect that tech firms pay for everything moving forward. And just to close this off, because it was the Super Bowl, allow me to say, go Eagles! 
And that is our show. Somehow we are already out of time, but don't worry. Equity is coming back a couple of times this week. And if you want to know when we're going to be where and what we're doing, well, you can follow us on Twitter where we tweet under the handle EquityPod. I'm Alex. I tweet under the handle Alex. And we'll talk to you soon. Hugs. Stay warm. <laughs>